Hi, everybody. My name's Dixon. I'm Jose. And welcome to episode nine of Southwest Side Stories. So we're doing something a little different today. We had a couple of interviews in the works. Those interviews are still in the works, but they have not been completed yet. So we aren't going to have a guest for you this week. But we thought that what we do is just introduce ourselves because we sort of kicked this project off and uh, didn't really tell people who we were, did we? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're a little, we had a lot of ambition. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I think that's fine. Um, so no time like the present. Um, why don't we start just by introducing ourselves? Jose, do you want to you know, tell people a little bit about who you are, what you do, and you know, sort of how you came to the Southwest side in general? Sure. Um, you know, so my name, I'm using my middle name these days, so Salberto Requena. Um, I was born in uh, Monterrey, Mexico. I came to Chicago when I was like two years old. Um, grew up in the neighborhood of Little Village, which is a bit southwest-ish, but central to the city. Um, uh, moved around the city a little bit with my family, changed schools a couple times, but ultimately ended up around like 48th and killed, you know, like uh, Cicero, <laughs> uh, 47th and Cicero. Um, and, uh, you know, that's been home since like the mid 2000s. Um, but, you know, the Pulaski Orange Line is what I always took to go to high school. You know, I would take the Pulaski bus from Little Village down to the Pulaski Orange Line. Um, to go to Whitney Young, Gold Dolphins. Um, you know, I went to UIC for my undergrad and graduate studies. Um, and uh, I'm a, a special education classroom assistant in Chicago Public Schools. So, you know, I think, well, we've already interviewed a, a coworker of mine at Richard Edwards Elementary. So, yeah, that's me. <laughs> All right. Um, well, so my name is Dixon. Um, I grew up on the northwest side of the city, just a little bit north of Logan Square. Um, and yeah, I, I had sort of a very similar educational experience to you. I took the, uh, the blue line um, to Whitney Young. Um, so you took the, you know, the train that goes to one airport and I took the train that goes to the other airport um, and, and we met in the middle. Um, and then I went to UIC for a couple of years before getting a film and video degree at Columbia. Um, and then when it was time to get an apartment, I um, moved to the Southwest side, uh, started living in McKinley Park for a few years. And then uh, my wife, Jamie and I lived there for a few years before we bought our house in Archer Heights in 2010. Um, so we've been here almost 12 years now because we bought at the beginning of 2010. Um, and yeah, we, uh, I, see a lot of kind of you know similarities in terms of um you know neighborhood feel a lot of single family homes a lot of bungalows between where i grew up which looks very different today than it did in the 80s and 90s um and the the southwest side of the city today so um yeah and then i work at a uh you know a place called physicians for national health program that um advocates for uh single payer medicare for all so basically uh, health insurance and good health insurance <laughs> for everybody, um, which is a lot different from what we have today. And this is a group of about 20,000 doctors uh, across the country, 25,000 doctors coming up on it, um, across the country who are pushing for this. So 
um, yeah, that's that is me in a nutshell. Speaking of airports, I live right by Midway Airport, and there's no <laughs> noise. We don't get to sue the city because we live in the city, unlike people around O'Hare. But uh, yeah, that's a whole other story. Yeah, I mean that's funny because for like I don't know a couple of months when we moved in, I noticed the airplanes, and now I don't I don't notice them at all. Yeah. And people come to visit us, and they say, "Oh." You can really hear the airplanes. So I say, well, you can? <laughs> I can. <laughs> you know, my path into organizing, um, I, you know, really kind of went back to like the, the Affordable Health Care Act. So like, you know, just that you work in healthcare, thank you for that. You know, like I uh, had a pre uh, uh, precondition back when that was a thing, mm -hmm. you know, and that fight was like the big progressive fight. Um, but since then, you know, like I've I've dabbled in a lot of different areas and in, in housing and in, in labor and in, in electoral politics. Um, you know, uh, I've been working for Chicago Public Schools for about six years. And it really feels like, you know, we were speaking to this a little before. Um, if we don't push to use our public resources to their most optimal and their most um, accountable to the public, um, you know, then uh, they're going to get uh, purposely um, deteriorated and sold off. So like right now, you know, I've, I'm, we're surrounded by a lot of great charter schools that, you know, parents like love and they do great work there. Uh, we have some public schools that um, uh, have more resources than most in some places and some that don't. And, um, you know, just trying to rationalize that right now is where I'm at. Yeah, I, I hear that. Um, I think one of the things that really struck me when I moved to the neighborhood, because um, Jamie and I didn't have any children at that point, we have a daughter now, but, you know, we were kind of looking at schools, we were married at the time, thinking about kids. Um, and, you know, when we moved into Archer Heights, we saw that I think there were like six elementary schools in the neighborhood, five or six. So there's Edwards, there's the Academy for Global Citizenship, which is a charter school a little bit closer to Cicero. Um, it has two campuses. Um, there was at the time the Uno School, now the Acero School um, on 47th Street, that I believe has two uh, separate elementary schools within it. Um, and there were two parochial schools in the neighborhood as well. So like, that's a, that's a lot of, um, and as parents, you know, or as people, you know, thinking about, uh, children in the future, we were you know, sort of excited about that because, oh, look, there's, there's a lot of, uh, different choices. Um, but definitely it's important to be investing in schools as kind of like neighborhood anchors. And I'm happy to see that there is the new building at Edwards. Um, and that Edwards continues to be invested in. I was really taken by the interview that I did with um, with your coworker, with Mr. Hack, a few uh, few episodes ago, um, where he was saying, "Yeah, Edwards is continually in the top uh, two or three, if if not the top school in terms of enrollment, uh, elementary schools in the city, and all the schools are in the southwest side. So obviously." Uh, there's a lot of young people, there's a lot of kids, and uh, with that should come, should rightfully come, um, 
you know, the necessary investment to make sure that the, that the schools are doing what they need to do. I come from a family of, um, of educators and CPS, um, to be honest, uh, like my, both my parents worked for CPS and I had some aunts that worked for CPS. My, my, uh, eldest aunt, I never got to meet her. She passed away before I, I was born, but she was an activist and educator in CPS and, uh, in Chicago during the seventies, during the, you know, um, during, uh, there's a lot of movements going on. Um, she unfortunately uh, passed away in a fire. Um, it was a little bit more common in the early 80s in Chicago at the time. Um, but she was uh, respected enough in the neighborhood that, uh, that um, you know, through movement work and through working with the local units of government, there's an elementary school named after her, uh, Maria Salcedo Elementary. And uh, that had kind of a weird impact on me growing up. Um, so, you know, my undergrad degree was in English, creative writing. Um, I thought I was going to write a novel and make a living off of that. That was dumb. Um, but uh, I... Uh, you, you can I, still write a novel. Someday, you know. Yeah. Someday. Well, it's not what I'm going to make a living off of, but I'll, right. I'll, 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 I'll turn one out. <laughs> Maybe. Hopefully. I'll, I'll read uh, it. Thanks. <laughs> um, I, uh, no, I, I traveled in uh, South Korea as an educator. They were, um, you know, I had my undergrad degree and that's all that they were really requiring to like fly you out there and give you a place to live. So it was a nice gig. I got to learn a lot more about the world and about education, about how education Korea um, was done. And I just, um, you know, it was, uh, you're immersed in the world of education in South Korea. Um, it's, uh, it's a national building effort. Um, almost, you know, it, it has its problems. There's the, the teen suicide rate there is extremely high while they don't have the same problems that we have here in, in Chicago with um, guns and, and drugs and, and a lot of other issues. Um, though they're not, you know, totally absent in Korea, it's just not, you know, the same issues that we're fighting. Um, but that kind of, um, kind of had me more thinking about like municipal policy. So when I came back from teaching in Korea, I, I got into urban planning and policy for my graduate degree. And I was really focused on like environmental planning. I was going to join the Peace Corps and go to Peru. Unfortunately, because of my uh, health, I was not um, clear to go to Peru. So uh, um, I took up a job in CPS. It seemed like a, a thing to do at the time, but um, um, that was back in 2016 and like a lot of plans changed and I was really concerned about where, um, you know, uh, Chicago and then the world could head. So I got more involved in, in the electoral and, and, and local organizing uh, while yeah. working at CPS. So it's, it's been a great place to, to grow and, and, uh, and work at. I feel like it's a job that since, you know, that services the public and, uh, you know, I might stick it out with education for the long term. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's funny. Um, it, it's, it's interesting because there have obviously been a lot of, you know, um, social and, and political developments um, on the national stage and on the worldwide stage. Um, we don't necessarily need to name names since 2016 um, that, uh, that have a lot of people concerned. And I think, you know, paradoxically, it's like, I know a lot of people, um, Jamie included, myself included, um, a lot of people in the neighborhood who, you know, they see 
things sort of on the national or global scale that seem troubling, but also out of reach. And then um, a reaction to that is to kind of like dig in and do a lot of uh, local organizing, um, you know, to do as much as you can in your corner of the world um, to try to, you know, improve things, to try to make sure that people aren't falling through the cracks, to try to make sure that the big things that are happening outside of your, uh, you know, your purview um, aren't, aren't hurting people too much, um, at least to the extent that you can. So, and I know people are doing that, you know, all over the country and all over the world, but I think that's a big uh, sort of inspiration for a lot of people that I see getting involved with the collective. And it's an inspiration for me too, as far as like, okay, well, here's something tangible that you can do. So work on that. If you could like wave a magic wand and have anything, you know, materialize on the Southwest side, uh, physical or otherwise, mm -hmm. what, what would you do? What's the, what's the big dream that you'd like to see? You know, um, I'm currently taking um, CBD and medical cannabis classes at Olive Harvey. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's an industry that's kind of far along, but not far along enough. One of the things I really would like to do is bring back manufacturing jobs to Chicago, but uh, in a environmentally sustainable way. We could have urban gardening with hemp and bring that um, manufacturing into all kinds of things into like a center, like right behind like the, the world's famous chocolate. There's a lot of abandoned factory space, you know, because um, I see that right now what we're doing is we're turning out um, a jobs program for um, socially conservatively, but, you know, law-abiding, like, truck drivers and police drivers, military-minded civic workers. That's kind of like, you know, nursing is, you know, Southwest side vibe. Um, and to this point, you know, like, we've had a few episodes about the trucking logistics hub. A lot of people see the environmental damage that it would um, do, but they also see and envision, you know, the longevity of well-secured jobs for kids that just get by and I just want to have a decent life. And if you can transfer that to an environmentally sustainable job where you can just walk to your job and not be polluting the air, um, you don't have to change a whole lot more. You know, you can bring another community college here to train these kids, you know, and if they want to jump to university and, and go out of state, you know, more power to them. But that, that vibe that I see is really treasured here in the Southwest side of everything you need is right here. You don't have to go too far. Um, could be revamped with an environmental sustainable way. Um, you know, we, we were able to figure out this hemp manufacturing business. You know, if I could kind of wave a magic wand, what I'd really like to see is, um, and, and this is just, this is sort of selfish because it's my own, <laughs> like, what I see on a day-to-day -day basis, but there's a, a big lot uh, at the near the corner of Archer and Pulaski, near the Pulaski Orange Line stop, where the uh, Miami Bowl uh, yeah. used to be back in the day. And it hasn't been there for, you know, I think uh, more than 15 years at this point. I think it was torn down in 2006. Um, and it had been shut for a few years before that. But regardless, 
Um, it's been empty for a very long time. And so it is kind of discouraging for me when I am writing the orange line, you know, going into work, I see like, okay, so there's a big, um, facility being built, um, you know, right next to the Kesey orange line stop. Um, I, I believe that it, I'm not totally sure. I believe that is an Amazon facility. So, you know, that's not, <laughs> there's a, that's a mixed blessing to say the least, but, um, you see the investment, you see something being built on what was, you know, vacant property before. And then you go to the Western orange line stop immediately next to it. And you see the new, uh, park district headquarters being built, um, on what was a very large vacant, uh, vacant lot. Um, and, and that seems, you know, like a, a really positive development. Um, so there are like these, these big, you know, acreages of vacant, uh, vacant land near um, the two orange line stops immediately next to Pulaski um, that are that are being developed. Um, and then there's this, you know, just big kind of blank canvas. Um, and obviously, I think, you know, I'd want to be careful about what was built there. I wouldn't want something detrimental to be built there, obviously. Um, but this is a huge um, intersection of two major streets you know, Pulaski and Archer, uh, there's a high school, Curie High School is right across the street. There's a train station uh, right next door. That's one of the busier stations on the Orange Line. I think it's it's second only to Midway in terms of daily riders. Um, and if you see the line of, of people, you know, who are lining up to take the bus at rush hour, you, you can believe that. Um, but building something there and having it really be a positive anchor for the community something like a community center, for example, you know, I think would be great, something publicly minded. I've always had in the back of my mind that I don't know why, even just on a commercial level, someone wouldn't build a movie theater there. It's like, yeah. you have a high school right across the street. <laughs> and you're telling me that kids from Curie aren't going to just go see movies after school. Mm -hmm. And you have a train station right there. And there's not, you know, um, there's not really a movie theater in anywhere in the vicinity. There's one at Fort city and that's the, that's the closest one. Um, and then you kind of, I think have to go to the South loop in order to, uh, to well, then you go into the suburbs there. Right. So, yeah. So there's a few options if you're driving, but uh, you know, for people right. who live in the neighborhood and again, that's not like I'm saying we should build a movie theater, but there's, there's so many options that of things that could go there that could be positive for the community. But right now, it's just empty. And, uh, you know, our our friend who uh, who owns Peach Fresh Market has the land. Um, it's been holding on to that for a while. Yeah. And um, so hopefully, you know, something can, can get built on there. Anything else in terms of, you know, things you'd like to see on the Southwest side? Um, hopes for our city, our neighborhood, our you world? Know, uh, so many, but one that I'll sign off with is just, uh, I'm really hoping uh, more, uh, right now there's four public schools. They're gonna be vaccination sites for the students of Chicago. That's like 330K public school students. We're not talking about charter school students and uh, like religious school students, which you know I went to Catholic school between second and sixth grade. Like it's, there's a lot like, 
just CPS. There's 330K students. They're going to have one day next week and there's four schools. So I would like to see way more schools. All of them would be good. At least mine would be a start to be vaccination sites for, for anyone that is ready to be vaccinated right now. I know when it comes to the health of people's children that they're especially vigilant, rightfully so. Um, But, you know, it took almost a year after the vaccine was approved for adults for it to be approved for children. Um, So it seems to me as a parent that, you know, they've taken uh, the time and precaution necessary um, and the trials have been rigorous enough to, you know, ensure that it's safe and that it's going to be effective for kids. And, uh, I'm I'm eager to uh, you know have my daughter um, vaccinated. She'll be five in a couple of weeks, so she'll be eligible in a couple of weeks. And uh, and I'm I'm excited for that day because I feel like it's you know an, an additional level of protection for her, for her classmates at school, um, and for everyone in in the community. So uh, if we all do this together, we can um, put COVID a little bit more meaningfully behind us and, uh, you know, and, and save some lives and, uh, help people be healthier in the process. So, yeah, forward to that, you know, and then people are getting it at their local schools surrounded by the community members. They'd have a lot less apprehensions, I think over time, if you work with them. 